you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends Zone. Did you say she's mean? I did. I said that. Did you say she's horrible? Yes. Did you say she's a demon? I'm sure. I, I'm sure I said. And did you say from hell? But what you did was you put did, did you say the words? See, if you don't say it, we can't play it. Sorry, now that was an exclusive. That was a friend zone podcast exclusive. Inside the exit negotiations for Cheryl or uh, uh, Sharon Osborne at the talk, <laughs> <laughs> they brought they brought Did you say she's a nigger? Did you say <laughs> oh she's a cat God. licker? Did you say it? if you don't say it, we can't play it? What? And they brought Ayanla in to fire that bitch. Old racist says, goodbye to, like that song from the 80s said, goodbye to you, goodbye to you. See ya, Sharon Karen Osborne. And all your racist politics for hanging yourself out there to cape for a motherfucker that ain't said a goddamn word in the defense of you. You, you want everybody to tell me, Cheryl, me. We finna tell you on your way out. Piers Morgan didn't even help you out. See you later. And I wish that now, now that it's all over and the dust and settled and there's really nothing else that Cheryl Underwood has to make sure it goes right, I'm ready for her to cuss her motherfucking ass out. Old school, deaf comedy jam Cheryl Underwood style. <laughs> the one who said, the Cheryl Underwood that said, sucking dick, making teeth cricket, and then took her finger and said, see, look at this, and ran it across <laughs> her teeth on, on live on stage. That's the one that I want to address, Sharon Osborne, mm. with her gargamel-looking motherfucking ass. Yes, because guess what, Sharon Osborne? If you don't say it, we can't play it. So you, the one that stood up there and made a fool out of yourself, and now you've made your exit. And I hope you got paid in pounds. And with that being said, <laughs> they said she welcome made, they to the friend zone. Got Ten million dollar payout. Wow! Right? Ain't that good some for shit? her? Wow! Yeah, she can keep her face. She can keep her face lifted for the next few years, like she's been doing. <laughs> So that's very good for her. What a and with, that being said, with that being said, welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look at all <laughs> things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because you know what? Who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm amazing. How are you guys doing? Better than Sharon Osborne. Fuck Sharon Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> 
Way better than her ass. Eagle, eagle face ass. Every time I see her sitting up there on that stage telling Cheryl Underwood, tell me, tell me. Uh, I would have told her ass something all right. But anyway, <laughs> to answer your original question, I'm doing well. Yeah, you guys look good. Do I look tan yet? Do I look brown? Yeah, you do. Oh. You look like a you like a LA hottie. Amen. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I wish see I was me. West Coasting and Boston. Oh, I laid in the sun all day yesterday cuz I am going to come back brown. Okay. You are giving a little mermaid right. vibe or something. I don't you know what me? it is. It, it's a little something. Mm-hmm. The, the coils, the rings in my hair, the the tan skin. <laughs> it's very LA, y'all. I know y'all act funny about mingling with everybody, but you know, vaccine is out. So go and go to EPLP and eat on the roof. Have you some drinks up? Well, I know you probably don't drink, but right. I'm sure they got some made with cucumbers for you. <laughs> you can like get a some, drink up there, friend. Watermelon agave. <laughs> yeah, you know watermelon agave. Ah, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can. Uh, they got some for you, but LA, you know, you know the spots. I have to text you. You know the fucking vibe. Hell right yeah, now. we've been eating well. I tell tell you that and mm-hmm. it's taking mm-hmm. naps in the sun like when i tell you we deserve this trip i'm just so yeah, happy sure that do. we actually took it but outside of that before we mm-hmm. get started does anyone have any announcements to share with the class i do shout out to revolt black news um i was so honored and privileged to host their uh thank you you look y'all. good y'all too i, I you. commented you know, you made a feel good <laughs> I was like, this is in preparation in preparation for the Daily Show. I can totally see it. Listen, your mouth to God and NBC Universal's <laughs> ears. But um, I uh, co-hosted Revolt Black News. Um, the I was uh, um, I anchored uh, hosted the <laughs> the Black Excellence, and it took me a minute to get there, but I knew I was gonna arrive. I I hosted the uh, Black Excellence in Entertainment segment for them um, with the incredible Bex Francois I from the Black Girl Bex. Podcast. Mm. Shout out to Bex, you know, Big Bex doing her thing. So um, it was so much fun working with her. She's such a professional and um, she had the best commentary on the um, hot topics that we discussed that day. So shout out to Revolt Black News. Shout out to Ebony K. Williams, um, Keith, the whole team over there. Um, and it was fun. I can't wait to go back. That was my second time, you guys. Yes. And this time I actually got to host, so it was great. So I'm excited. Only up for so me. It's only a time. Right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to shout out my campaign that I just posted yesterday. It's a <clears throat> partnership with Penguin Random House, which is really dope. Because yes. y'all know that. Ooh. Right? Super awesome alignment. They have a read to sleep campaign that I will be explaining um, in a little more depth in during my wellness segment. But if you go to my Instagram at Hey Fran Hey, you will see the post. It's a beautiful image that we shot with film. Shout out to Gorgeous. Justin, right? Justin Lamar. He just really captured it so well. I wanted to shoot with something different this time. So I was like, can we do film? And I'm very mm-hmm. happy with the way that it captured my bedroom and just the colors mm-hmm. of my uh, interior and the, the design. Muted tone. Like it just was it just was great. So yeah. good, right? And shout out to Amina who braided my hair up too, just so I can flip it a little. So really f- awesome campaign, really awesome intention with the campaign. And just wanted to put that on your radar. Y'all showed me a lot of love for it already. And shout out to Penguin Random House for the collaboration. I seen a lady braiding hair with seven fingers on one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Her hand looked like the maid. You know, you know the symbol for Maze and Frankie Beverly. You know that oh Maze God. hand that be on the front of all the Maze albums. 
That's what the lady's hand. One hand had five. The other hand had seven. It was just two more. And they worked. Because when she was brain, it was picking up and catching that hair under the bottom. And I was like, how do it know? How do it know how to do that? How do it know? Kind of that side of the hand. I heard about being left-handed and right-handed, but that bitch was whole-handed. I had never seen nothing like it. I already see what kind of episode we're going to have today. Hey, friend. <laughs> what? Anything else you guys want to say before I start? Give me a high seven, no. having ass. <laughs> so speaking of Penguin Random House, <laughs> Tiffany mm-hmm. Alice, otherwise known yes, as yes, the Budgetista. Oh, look, Asante has it in <laughs> Like it's <pen>. Oprah. <laughs> Mine came. Candy. Yes. Mine came today. And I don't even want to open it because I know it's her because it's in that green, money green package. Yep. Mm-hmm. Straight from Penguin Random House. <laughs> so she just dropped a new book. No, uh, you hear me known as. She just dropped a new book <laughs> called Get Good With Money, 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. Y'all that have been listening to the friend zone for years now have heard her bless us with gems and get us together financially. I think she's been on the show twice. Mm-hmm. And we are very blessed because she is going to come back on at the end Bless. of April to check yes. up on us, our money matters, and, and help us nip <laughs> some things in the bud as well as any questions. Actually, what I'll do is the week before we have her come on, I'll remind our listeners and have you guys email or comment or tweet or whatever format uh, your questions Perfect. so that I can compile them and we can have a section that's solely dedicated to the questions from our listeners. And that is the Black Business of the Week. Actually, I want to also shout out the website. It's getgoodwithmoney.com. And when you go to the website, it says a 10-step plan for finding peace, safety, and harmony with your money, no matter how big or small your goals and no matter how rocky the market might be. She also told me that her site showcases black bookstores where the book can be purchased as well, which I really do love that. Wonderful. Tiffany Shout and out Liche, to Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany. good with money, and that's our That's my rich fan. She got the money. <laughs> she got the money. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, she got the money. Budget needs to. And she literally tells you how to get it for free. She really mm-hmm. does, because yep. she helps me out a lot with a lot of her gems, especially the... The one about starting your separate tax account so that when mm-hmm. you get a check, you know, taking it out and that way you won't have that big hit during tax season because you've been yeah. saving it into that separate account. That was probably the biggest takeaway I've had from her that has completely changed my business hygiene. And outside of that, last week's episode titled Compromise vs. Sacrifice that also featured Sean Garrett's skin, which was an incredible wellness segment. Thank you again, Sean Garrett. Uh, We discussed compromise vs. sacrifice in love, family, and business. And those of you listening had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? Well, firstly, I wanted to also uh, piggyback off you and say thank you to Sean for coming on the show. <laughs> I literally bought most of what he said. I don't even know how to use it all, but I'm going to learn uh, <laughs> just because it was great knowledge. Great knowledge. Um, I wanted to quickly shout out in the emails a couple of people, but I wanted to start off with Layla. Her subject is Graveyard Theater. She says, hello, huge fan. <laughs> Been listening to the show for a while and I've never written in before, but I felt the need to address something y'all were saying about the graveyard in L.A. that shows movies. 
<laughs> I'm an LA native, and I've been to that graveyard for movie showings many times. The theater is called Cinespia. Sine- I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. Uh, correctly, wow. Uh, <laughs> what is going I, I was, on with us today? Yo, I don't even know. Okay, it's only going to go for downhill from here for me. Um, and I just wanted to let y'all know they definitely don't allow people to touch on the tombstones in the graveyard, let alone lay on the graves. It's a big deal because they take the time to inform people about the need to respect the graveyard. While viewing the film, and they're still able to make the experience fun and relaxing. I just want to let y'all know that we play the sugar honey. That we are the we play that sugar honey iced tea in uh, L.A. And also, didn't want anyone to think that the place is the type of organization that would allow that to happen on their watch. The only reason I read that really is because I didn't know that there was such big like graveyard culture. Like I knew that it was a thing that was mentioned on the <laughs> show, but it culture. was. I mean, you know, for what she was trying to do, she only added to it. I'm sorry. But just the fact that, like, I know that it's, like, a thing, but the fact that, like, it's a thing, like, that the, the people that even host the movie night, like, they even, like, take the time out to, like, inform and do that whole thing. Because, like, A, I wouldn't want to go. So, B, it's like, I wouldn't know how to, like, facilitate that experience. So, it's just interesting to me that that's, like, a thing, if that makes any sense. Um <clears throat> That was firstly who I want to shout out in the emails. I also wanted to shout out who was it? Who was it? Oh, Lauren J. Lauren J. Uh, the subject is parents and church compromise versus sacrifice. I just thought that was so interesting. So dope. she said that. Uh, hey, y'all. Growing up, I didn't live in a super religious household. Neither of my parents were in the church heavily, but my mom was more active about attending than my dad. And when she went, my younger sister and I went with her. I didn't feel forced, but I also didn't feel like I had the option to say no. So one day I asked. Why do we go to church and daddy doesn't? Does daddy even believe in God? They both talked to me talked to me about it and answered questions I had. But to be honest, I think they may have started a bit it may have started a bit of a rift in my parents' relationship. As my sister and I continued to grow, I became a lot more active in extracurricular activities outside of school, so my time was limited. Church wasn't really in the forefront of my mind. However, my sister began attending church with one of her close friends and her family every Sunday. At that point, she was the only one attending church consistently. This was when we were both in middle slash high school. I thought that was so cool of her to make arrangements on her own to prioritize that for herself. It seemed like she really enjoyed it. She didn't really look for approval from either one of my parents and did look for us all to go with her as family. She did what was good for her. Since the pandemic hit, she introduced me to it, uh, to a church that streams online every Sunday. And now we watch together along with a group message full of friends. It has been really beneficial for me in this time, and I'm so glad she shared it with me. I say all this to say, I'm not sure what my parents sacrificed or compromised on when it came to religion and their relationship, but I'm glad they at least gave us the room to do and be where we wanted to be when it made sense. Shout out to Lauren J. I thought that was such a dope email when she said all that. Uh, so that's who stood out to me in the emails. Fred, what did you find out there in them streets? So I actually tapped into the Twitter streets because a lot of you were sending me direct tweets. It was so many of them, too, that I was like, okay, I cannot read all of these on air, but I'm going to pick a few of my favorites. So Renee on Twitter said, friend zone strikes again. I am 30 minutes into the episode and I am feeling so much My husband and I both grew up with the people-pleasing dynamic, which caused major issues in our marriage. Now, 10 years and two kids later, we done woke the fuck up and are struggling (laughs) to figure out how or even if we can stay together. Be like Mm. Fran, y'all. Take the time to intentionally be with yourself before attaching yourself to another. 
book minded mag said listening to friend zone pod and friends topic is speaking my language i've spent so much time learning about and bettering myself that i'm not sure if i'm even capable of compromising anymore i like what i like and have no desire to compromise but know that i'll have to in order to maintain healthy relationships as long as my partner isn't trying to change me or interrupt my alone time, which has happened in previous relationships, then I will do my best. Let me pick one more. KV said, I took several years off like Hey Fran Hey and found entering a relationship to be too difficult. I feel like this is a theme here. (laughs) Until Mm. I started thinking, when was the last time I was in a relationship with someone who wasn't trying to take from me? Luckily, we were still friends and I married him. (laughs) so there was a lot of married couples sharing how you know their people pleasing dynamics definitely got in the way a lot of people ended up divorcing because of it because it just wasn't healthy wasn't helping them thrive individually some married couples shared with me that they had to divorce because one wanted a life that included more travel and one wanted to settle and have you know the house and kids and it's like well How do you reconcile that? You don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I did have another couple that said, and it was very similar. The husband wanted to travel. Wife wasn't down. She wanted to find roots in the city, but then she ended up initially people pleasing just to like not have this war between them and not have to lose the relationship and what she thought might cause resentment actually ended up being awesome because she said that that wasn't something she would have picked for her life to just like uproot but it ended up being exciting and adventurous and kind of like brought new blood and juice into the relationship and so I guess it's a a case-by-case basis based on how people feel what they're looking for where they're willing to bend as Dustin said last week (laughs) so So, I'm so mad at how many people sent me that clip from that Janet Jackson scene. She turned around like this. She was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that's you, you, it. You're you going to do the bending. <laughs> that's it for me. What'd you find, Dustin Ross? I want to give a shout out to my boy Jared, a.k.a. St. Smith at St. Smith underscore, who tweeted, I feel like Malcolm won X amount and my Luther piece it out and always give respect to Harriet Tubman because she knew the route now if you when you when you see that tweet right again the tweet says I feel like Malcolm want to X him out and Martin Luther piece it out and always give respect to Harriet Tubman because she knew the route what that is is there was a clip that went around and went viral of Akbar V she's a rapper who used to be on Loving Hip Hop Atlanta and she's also one of Candy Burris's blood relatives and she's a rapper who has been known for saying some things that you know how Jocelyn say shit like the grandma and his the baby Mm -hmm. and just things that just don't make sense being incoherent she was in a studio (laughs) in a booth rapping you know she was in a booth rapping obviously probably tipsy or whatever and she was just doing this black history month (laughs) rap and everybody laughed for literally months at this clip and the fact that he transcribed it in a tweet (laughs) He, he literally transcribed that clip it was just hilarious. So the people who know what clip I'm talking about, they're going to get a know. kick out of that. Yes. 
Um, I also want to give a shout out to just one second. I'm giving it to you. Shout out to you, friend, for being a part of that Women's History Month clip for BET. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to um, Brian Michael Cox, who tweeted, I didn't even realize this. What a freaking year, man. In response to a tweet that said Brian Michael Cox was present on all four of these albums in the same year, which were the Usher Confessions album, which had Burn on it, Mm. Destiny's Child, Destiny Fulfilled album. Mariah Carey's uh, The Emancipation of Mimi, which he did, he was on there, and also Mary J. Blige's The Breakthrough album. Four huge, huge albums. And he was a part of all of those. So I want to give a shout out to him. Amen. Um, And then the last tweet that I want to give a um, recognition to comes from none other than Diana Ross. And this is the most Diana Ross shit that I have ever seen tweeted in my life. (laughs) So of course it was tweeted by her. What does it say, you may ask? I'll tell you, because you know her birthday was a couple of days ago. Mm. She tweets a clip of herself. I'm gonna show y'all the clip. She tweets a clip of herself turning wow. and twirling around on stage in this huge dress. dress. And Lovely. the tweet says, "Read the tweet, friend. Tell me what the tweet says." Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Every day is a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's right. That's the most Diana Ross shit I ever heard in my life. No praise like self praise. I tell you, flat the fuck out. So I said, if you ain't inspired by that, (laughs) I don't even know what to tell you. So I'm just gonna leave it there. That's that's my that's my tweet right there. So this week's episode is a Dustin Ross production. We are going in cold. We have no idea what's going on. Look at Dustin. (laughs) He's over here shivering. So let us know what we're talking about today, Dustin. I'm about to tell you, because contrary to popular belief, I'm not cold as ice. You know that song, friend? Yes. You are cold as ice. That's how he sings it. Anyway, <clears throat> I told you, feel like Malcolm want to X him out. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so let's have a conversation, you guys. You know, I'm often inspired by things that I come across, um, and that definitely happened to me this week as I was watching television for research purposes. I was watching uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville, again, mm. a, an incredible docu-series um, that is aired on the Oprah Winfrey Network, produced by Carlos King, and it chronicles the lives of three married couples uh, that are the main cast, um, one of which is going through a divorce. So we're watching them go through the process of divorce. Um, and that couple is Melanie, uh, Melody excuse me, and Martel Holt. Now, all of the couples on the show um, are very successful. Uh, One of the married couples, the wife is a nurse who is now a real estate mogul, and the husband um, was an entrepreneur who just finished law school. The other couple, serial entrepreneur, real estate developer. Um, The wife is an MBA, and now she is um, starting a new podcast and getting into public speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. But Melody and Martell Holt were actually the couple who were responsible for bringing this franchise to they pitched it to Carlos King, got it on the own network. It's been a runaway success. And they've kind of been like the franchise couple, like the, the, the prominent couple out of the three that are featured on this show. Unfortunately, um, in this second season that we're in that they just had the finale on, we've a- actually watched the breakdown and the fallout of their marriage. Um, Martel, unfortunately, committed infidelity multiple times uh, against uh, his wife, Melody, um, and it finally resulted in a child being born out of mm-hmm. wedlock. Um, as the show is filming and in what we're seeing now, what's airing now, the child is still in, in um, it's still being carried. It's not born yet, um, but it is definitely on the way. 
Wow. Melody and Martel have filed for divorce. They are going through trying to figure out how they're going to divide their assets. Again, remember, these are serial entrepreneurs, very, very successful. Um, they had to dissolve companies, figure out how they were going to um, distribute their assets. Damn. They had to figure out custody. They have four small children, one of which is a newborn baby. Oh, man. Okay? Jesus Christ. Um, a beautiful, beautiful family that unfortunately has been um, interrupted, to say the least, by the actions of the father. Now, Mm-mm-mm. that's never anything that is easy to experience, let alone watch, but we have actually seen um, Martel and Melody try to figure this out as we go along. We've seen them have discussions, like I said, over the distribution of property. We've seen them have discussions, heated, passionate discussions about how they are going to um, come up with a custody agreement for their children. Um, We've seen them have heated discussions about every dynamic you can think of in this um, dissolution of their marriage. During this time, Melody had um, sought uh, refuge with her brother. She has a brother that she's very close to. His name is Marcus. Um, and he lives in Atlanta. Again, remember this show is filmed. It's called Love and Marriage Huntsville. So it's filmed and, and centered around uh, these these people's lives in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, but Melody's brother <laughs> lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She's fiercely close with him, very close. Um, and I identify with that because you guys know how close I am with my brother and my sister. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that is a moment where you do kind of shroud your sibling with, you know, you wrap your arms around them and get them through this, you know. Um, so she sought refuge with her brother, and naturally she um, took the children with her while she spent that time in Atlanta. Well, her brother, again, very close with her children, obviously because he's close with her. Um, he was spending lots and lots of time around the children. Obviously, he's not the happiest with Martel since Martel had this affair, broke his sister's heart. You know, and he's witnessing firsthand her trying to put the pieces of her life back together in his home. Um and so uh, there was a scene that was filmed a couple of weeks ago where he was in, com- Melody's brother Marcus was in conversation with Martel, Melody's um, estranged husband. And he told him that the kids said that um, they asked him, he said, you know, the kids are missing you because Martel hadn't been showing up, you know, when it was time for him to get the children. And just, he had been being a really shitty guy overall. We could get into that, but that's not what this specific conversation is about. But during that conversation, a lot of people were caught off guard because um, Marcus told Martel that the children told asked him, would he be their dad? Again, remember, these are really small children. They're experiencing a lot of change, a lot of disruption in what their routine had been. And, you know, kids just say things sometimes. A lot of the fans were thrown off by that, and they thought he was being really disrespectful. But later on, we found out that it was because Martel had told the children that having a boyfriend and boyfriend was an issue. You know, Uncle Troy has a boyfriend. We then found out that um, Uncle Tro- Uncle Marcus has a husband named Troy, excuse me. Marcus has a husband, of a, a, a homosexual partner. He's in a gay marriage, um, and his partner's name is Troy. So Martel, out of embarrassment um, of what's going on in his life and his marriage falling apart. He kind of took a dig at the brother, you know, and Mm -hmm. saying something about them being two boyfriends or whatever to the kids, saying the kids had brought it up, whatever. So we see another scene. And in the scene that we see next, we see 
uh, Melody's brother. They were at a um, the finale event for the season, uh, the, the last filming event for the season, rather, where they were celebrating the opening of a, a cigar lounge that one of the company, one of the couples opened on the show. Again, I told you they're serial entrepreneurs, so you see a lot of them, they're successful um, business ventures. So what we see in this scene, and I'm going to actually play audio of it, we see Melody's brother addressing the negative comments that Martel had made about his lifestyle regarding the children. And I want you guys to tell me what you get from this um, because it plays into a bigger conversation just about homophobia in general and what it looks like. And I think that, that that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to play this clip and I want, want you guys to break it down and tell me if you consider this to be homophobia or just what your thoughts are about the way this conversation goes. So let's take a listen. When they were around me, for the last however long it was yeah um of course our relationship grew more right and you don't mind the kids around me i'm sure right no have i ever i don't as far as i know how many years 13 okay so i mean i yeah i I mean but but i mean like 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 i expressed the mail um to me your situation is unique you know um but i've always accepted you and your relationship like you say you and troy being married i mean i've always accepted that but I want them to, to know husband, wife is what I want for them. And just because Mel and I are going through something, now they've been exposed to husband, husband. Like, that's right. I don't want them to be confused about that. So then that's wrong. I don't give a damn if it's wrong or right. I'm saying that ain't what I want for my kids. I was going to say they should be around picking up what I'm doing because there's nothing negative about what I'm doing. Everything about my life has been positive. Never been in handcuffs. 20, 20, okay. 20, 20, wow. 20. Well, now, I cut the clip a little bit early because I know we can't play all of it due to, the, you know, the rules and shit. Yeah. But what he went on to say was that, you know, I'm a retired. He was an assistant principal for 25 years. So he was a retired um, education professional, first hands, you know, hands on with children for many, many years. Obviously had lots of love for his nieces and nephew. Um, but that was the takeaway from Martel, this person who's been around you for 14 years who you know has nothing but love for these children, now that you feel the spotlight is on some of your negative behavior, because remember, their marriage is separated because he had an outside child and he had several extramarital affairs, you start throwing these daggers. And it's so funny to me, the first thing you say is, well, I don't, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I don't want my kids around husband and husband and them thinking that's their foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So... Tell me what you guys think, and then I'm going to play a follow-up clip because Melody actually joined the conversation, and I want to get your thoughts on the way that she addressed that what wife? Martel said. That is the wife. Okay. Melody is the wife and mother of the children. But before we play that, tell me you guys' thoughts. Fran Asante, do you consider what you just heard homophobia? Yes. And what about it is, <laughs> okay, so Fran, dig in. First of all, the audacity of this <laughs> right? dad mm-hmm. to... Mm-hmm. Have a baby on the way outside mm-hmm. his marriage. Clearly, this is like destructive behavior that you're displaying for your children as a model of a really unhealthy home and parenting dynamic. And you're more concerned <laughs> with someone dating a man. That's it a, didn't it's make sense like, to me. It's, it's, it's just so troubling to me that that's what he's going to choose to focus on. And like you said, it's just a way to divert the attention from himself. Yeah. Um, because 
people always look to who is doing worse than they are to feel better about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then his mind, he's like, well, at least I'm not gay. I'm ruining yeah. my family, but I'm not gay. And it's like, oh, and that's why I love that the, the, I'm assuming you said that's the wife's brother. It was like, okay, yep, but yep. I'm in a healthy dynamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he started t- running the like, list down. Hello, you know what I mean? And so that's absolutely homophobic. And okay. I don't even, yeah, there's no question about it. There's no question Undeniable, about it. And right? it's the Blatant worst type of homophobia clear. because it's the I respect your lifestyle homophobia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I respect it. It's just not for me, or I don't want my kids. It's just which is, you're saying at the end of the day that you're disgusted by this lifestyle and you're just painting it in a pretty picture and putting sugar on top. It's you're homophobic. Yeah. Bottom line, that's exactly what it is. Asante, what do you think, man? I mean, one hundred thousand percent agree that it's homophobia. I think what makes me the most annoyed is that thread of uh, because I've known you for so years, it's almost like it's supposed to negate the fact that you hate it. Right. Like, it doesn't, and it's annoying that he can just throw out this shit and so many people are going to agree with him because Uh of sexuality. And and that's, like, I think that's what bothers me the most. Like, it's about sexuality and we're talking about children. Like, we need to look at this deeper thread of of when people have kids what it means to have kids and what authority or autonomy you feel like you have over your child, because you can't just throw a lifestyle onto them. They're going to, you know, children are going to grow up and they're going to take whatever inspiration from life that they choose to pull. Like you can't tell a child that this is wrong. They're going to say why, you know what I'm saying? And then they're going to, they might live the rest of their life doing wrong just because you said that shit was wrong just to piss you off. And then Martel ass isn't even reinforcing this marriage he speaks of. So it's like, why are you like, what fight do you even have about <laughs> a homosexuality for and be marriage because your ass ain't respecting that so it's just it's a lot it's too much too many people are on his wavelength and i just want them to hop off so let's wait right there and let's actually listen to melody's response because i just like to bring closure to certain situations and i know this is something that a lot of people are passionate about and we need to be clear well, that what are your thoughts addressed. first before you play the clip Oh, I'm gonna give them to you, okay? Because you know I got, I have, I have definite thoughts. So just let me play this, okay. and then we are gonna get right back to it. Talking about now is just kind of talking about the kids being around me. Oh, it's okay for them to be around periodically, but being around often every day, I guess it's kind of negative because you don't want them to pick up. I didn't, I didn't say it's negative. Like I didn't, like I didn't say it's negative. I didn't say it's good or bad. I don't want their foundation to be. Husband, husband. Their foundation has been husband and wife, Marcel. What are you I, talking about? I, 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 they already that. have a foundation. Um, well, that, they're, they're so young. Their foundation really hasn't been fully developed. That could come from your part as well for the things you've been doing. You say that their foundation isn't fully developed yet. No, I mean, were you considering you their wish... foundation whenever you decided to mess up the family? Uh, 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 there it is. <laughs> there it is right there. So I just wanted to put that out there so that you guys can wow, see. Wow, she that's, came that, with the swift sword. Swift. There's no one who has ever been able to sweep up his mess the way that she has. She checks him right there every step of the way, and I she always it. has. And that's what people don't like. Now, you asked me for my thoughts, right? <laughs> and this conversation is not just going to be about Melody and Martell. Let's just transition into a bigger conversation about homophobia in general and our own personal experiences mm-hmm. with it, right? As far as that clip and what we just heard, it is textbook routine 
homophobia within the black family structure mm. and the black community mm. that it's used that it's used out of convenience it's used when it the time is right um it is the automatic go-to it's what everyone falls back on it, anything in the world is acceptable anything anything that goes against what is considered the norm is acceptable until you become gay and not lesbian not female bisexual gay that is where the line the hard line stops so i just think that i've seen this in so many different in in so many different incarnations i've seen this show up and look so many different ways but it's always rooted in the same thing i absolutely think this is homophobia i think it was a lazy take as well i think of all the things that you could have found to take issue with or, or reasons to give you something to talk about because if we're being honest that's what he was looking for is just something to talk about something to be able to say to try to not look as bad in the moment as his actions and behavior make him look Um, which to me is an accurate portrayal this is textbook manipulation this is everything that gaslighting it's all everything you can think of and it's also a goddamn shame but again sadly this is something that i've seen quite often in my own experiences um, personally and throughout the POV of others, friends, um, people that I've come to know throughout my life. You know, I've seen this happen many different ways. So I just thought it would be a great segue into a conversation about homophobia. And, you know, I'm interested to know what you guys' personal experiences are with that. Um, Asante, you know, I feel like you'd be the perfect place to start. because <laughs> <laughs> Not to look around. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, Ooh, no, you know what funny. I'm saying. So, no, I don't what give is a shit. like? No, I don't care. Yeah. No, well, really quickly, I want to uh, really, I want to first start here and, and piggyback mm-hmm. off of something, or piggyback off of uh, the thought that Marcus, because you know, you, like you were saying, uh, Martel was really like grabbing for air, trying to find like an excuse for <laughs> his homophobia, and there really wasn't one because Marcus has done everything a decent person should do. And, and it sucks yeah. that there also has to be like this, like extra layer added when you're homosexual. It's like being, you know, I don't want to compare, you know, being black to being gay, but when you black, it's one thing, but then when you gay, it's another, it's another layer you got to add to that. Mm-hmm. And for him to sit in front of someone is like, Oh, well, you know, this nigga is educated and this nigga do got his shit together. And he does take care of, you know, my kids on the side. Cause he's a great uncle and he is my, you know, wife's brother. Like there's so many positives that you can't fault him for being gay. And I hate that when you're gay, you have to live in this world where you have to, or I hate when you're balance it out. Yeah. Other shit. Like, like the fact that, the army had this don't ask, don't tell policy. It was like, y'all are making people go kill people. What does sexuality have to do with anything? Like that shit was so, it's so weird and odd to me. Like the fact that someone can just find out that, oh, like, oh, he switched a little bit and it becomes like a, a larger conversation. Like it shouldn't be. It's like, okay. And like, unless it's something like, you know, when people cracking jokes, like it's one thing, but when people are like, planning a seed for like hate is like crazy to me and i feel like whenever the topic of homosexuality comes up or homophobia even when it comes up it's always rooted in hatred and for not knowing or for being you know a fear of whatever the fuck the the phobia is rooted in i don't fucking know it's dumb to me but also i know that people really feel like they have valid reasons for being homophobic but i've never really seen an instance where it was like uh, 
I guess just valid. Like where I was like, oh, I understand why they're homo. Like I like I can get why someone can be homophobic, but I don't really ever understand if they understand clearly what that means. So that's why I'm always like baffled by it, if that makes sense. Well, what are some of your personal experiences that you feel comfortable talking about? Not and by personal experience, I don't mean a time where you feel homophobia uh, was, you know, um, showcased, you know, against you. But I mean, just your personal experience, like your perspective on homophobia. How does that look now as an adult compared to like when you were growing up? I mean, I've always, <laughs> I've always been pretty like. I don't want to say informed, but I've always had a, a a feeling of how things are, and I feel like, uh, like when growing up in Atlanta, of course, people called it the gay mecca, and you know, been to my share of prides, like you know, from you know, been to my share of pride. We've, well, I was about to say, we've all been to our share of prides, but you know, people out there listening, I'm sure have been to their share of prides, and to know that there are people that can't go to pride. Like, there are people that want to go to Pride and can't because of their circumstance, but then to know that there are people that would never go to Pride because of what it means or what it stands for is another thing. But to answer your question on some perspectives and things, like, I always, I used to know somebody that they just, it was this girl that I worked with, she just could not understand. Like, she was like, you know, you are so funny, and and I just don't understand, like, how you're gay and I, and I just never knew what that meant i was like i was like i don't understand how you don't understand like what does that mean like because because i always thought to myself like why do you have to understand like why does it have to be okay what's funny is she did and she was a heterosexual woman right she did understand R- right that's what's funny you like niggas too right right <laughs> like, like what you like bitch you get I, it what you mean? it's just like I, whenever i've heard the experience of someone like either being discriminated against or someone being confused by like I've always just been baffled because it's like there's no real reason for it like so growing up in Atlanta um I guess what I'm getting from what you're saying is that growing up in Atlanta it wasn't as much of a taboo thing for someone to be homosexual for for gay pride to be visible and on display it wasn't like a a secret kept and swept under the rug as as much as it is in other areas correct uh not always the case i was just saying well you the one said you went to prides yeah oh i've been to pride well that's because for me i came out early like i came out when i was young i was like 16 17 we coming up on is this going to get dropped on April Fool's? I was about to say, <laughs> when I, this is a terrible, dumbass story. When I was like 15 or 16, I don't even know what came over me or what I saw, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to come out to my mom. And I was like, oh, mom, I'm gay. And she was like, okay. And then I was like, okay, now this feels weird. So then I, I, I was like, girl, April Fool's, you know, I was just playing. You know, I probably did say girl then too. <laughs> and she was like, uh, okay. And mind you, we was on our way to the mall. So then later on, like, we talked about it, and she was like, you know, I've always known that, you know, there was something different about you, and if, you know, gay is how you choose to live your life, then, you know, that's cool. I don't care. There's really, like, she was just very passe about it. Like, she's had gay friends, and she just has always been very caring because I'm her child, and she always made that, like, the the first thing. So then I thought that, you know, my life needed to be rooted in caring because I was like, damn, my mom cared about me, like, this doesn't didn't mean anything to her. So sexuality for me, I was like, you know, this isn't gonna mean much to me. But as far as everybody else being out of pride, I didn't see, you know, there were people that I worked with and they chose not to because homophobia, if you want to like pull back another layer, there were people that were gay that I worked with 
and because you know you could either like I guess feel like that underlying like I don't know if there's like a, a little gay wavelength or something or we was both switching or something I don't know what it was but then sometimes you would meet other gay people and they don't want to be associated we, with we, you look at each other with your eyebrows up in there yeah yeah that gay look that the gay glare um <laughs> I don't know, like, there was a thing where sometimes you would meet other gay people and because they weren't comfortable coming out, they didn't want to be associated with you, like, in workspaces mm. or in public spaces. Damn. And so that became, like, this other thing that I noticed back when I was living in Atlanta. So it, it wasn't everybody being out, but, you know, there were niggas that were not supposed to be out that was out of pride. But <laughs> there were people that, you know, th or there are people that can't live their life truthfully and happily because of homophobia, because they're scared because of you know, religion or what they've been told or just what they've heard. There are people that lose their life every day because of this myth of whatever the fuck homophobia is rooted in. That's why I'm just always so like baffled by it. And I've seen it in so many ways and so many different forms. That's why I wanted to just give that little quick take on uh, it, that shit happening at work because people like Martel could easily come. They could be gay too. And they could be like, Oh, well I don't want to be associated with, whatever people are scared of when they hear gay. So I, we, you know, we can't be around each other. And when I look at people like Martel that are scared of gay, I wonder, you know, was it rooted from the church or, you know, did his daddy used to beat him for whatever reason or what, but everybody's scared of it from some reason, from whatever reason. And it's dumb because in other cultures, the shit is celebrated. So, you know, I well, talked a very serious. No, 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 you didn't. It's a very serious subject. And, um, it's something that people need to to talk about and spend some time, I guess, kind of dissecting, right? Um, I found a study um, that was conducted by the Trevor Project, um, and one of the research scientists who worked on the study was a black woman named Maisha Price Feeney. And she said that while discrimination and bigotry can have serious negative effects on mental health, these experiences are exacerbated for black LGBTQ youth who also must contend with homophobia and potentially transphobia. But too often, counseling and other forms of mental health care are not sufficiently made available to black youth. And there's mm -hmm. a bunch of numbers and data and statistics that I could give you, but the gist of all of that is that this is a serious problem within the black community mm. that needs to be addressed and talked about because it's literally translating into death. It's translating into murder. We all know what's going on with black trans women mm -hmm. and the high numbers mm. that continue to rise and suicide. How many black youth do we see who can't live and, and be honest with their family without the fear of losing their, their you know, sustenance and covering and losing their livelihoods for being honest. So it's a very serious conversation that I wanted to have on the show because, mm -hmm. damn it, this is our show. Right. Fran, mm -hmm. I'm always interested to ask this question, right? Because you, we know that you have several friends that you love and care about mm -hmm. um, that you wrap your arms around, you know what I mean, daily. But you're, you're around other people too. What is it like for you when you might be in a room that is not occupied with people who are LGBTQ plus and you hear something homophobic said, do you feel awkward? Is this something that you find yourself feeling compelled to address? Like, how do you, what is that experience like for you, friend? I check it every time. You um, do, friend? Yeah, because I, mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where a lot of, and let me reverse because it's not mm -hmm. our, anyone's job to feel like they have to educate to fix anything you know i also don't right. want to put mm -hmm. that pressure on people but for me and i can only speak for myself mm -hmm. i think it's that type of behavior remaining unchecked <laughs> 
that allows people to feel comfortable saying things that are really ignorant too. You know, I've had family members that they think they can talk like that because they don't think anyone's going to check them. And then when you do, they yeah. feel embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it makes them second guess doing that again. You know, and I've I've had to check members of my family, friends that I've been around. It's just something that I feel um my friends need to be respected. The people I love need to be respected. And in turn, I need to be respected in how you speak around me as well, regardless yes. of who's around or not. Like, that's the baseline for it. And I'm yeah. going to check you so that you understand that that's just not something I'm going to participate in. You know how some people ride the fence, like they're cool with their gay friends, but then they're down to kind of talk shit unjokingly in the background. Like, that's just not an option for me. And a lot of my elder family members have actually admitted that it was through me checking it that they were able to check themselves later, you know? And That's, and, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and kind of look back and be, because through that embarrassment, some people need to be embarrassed <laughs> to really, like, sit with themselves and wonder, where is this shit even coming from? Where is this belief system even coming from? What is it rooted in, like Sante was saying? What is it, like, who taught me this? <laughs> Because yeah. it's not real. It's not real. And it's so goofy to me, to be honest, that in 2021, your goofy ass still goofy. cares. It's just goofy. Like, literally, that's how I view it. It makes me look at the person like they're stunted in some way. Yeah. You have to be. 2021, you care about who's dating and sleeping with. Like, it's so... You know when something is beyond your scope <laughs> of understanding that I don't even have a frame of reference to, like, really understand it. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that people like, oh, you got to give people grace. And it's just like, yes, I get nah. that. But around mm -hmm. me, <laughs> <laughs> around me, yeah. I don't know that I extend a lot of grace for racism or homophobia or any of the isms because it's just like, yeah. come on now. Everyone has access to higher understanding at this point right. in life. It's so weird because um, when you grow up and you're aware that you have certain feelings or you're aware that you have a, a different sexuality than what people consider normal, you see example examples consistently presented to you of what could happen if you're vocal about um, the homophobia you see in front yeah. of your face. You see, you see people perceive gay people as weaker than straight people. Mm -hmm. And you see people automatically have a mindset and automatically have their mind made up that they're going to be able to take advantage of you because they know that you have a different sexuality. So you almost you almost uh, have this inherent sense of like just a larger challenge or a larger task than most people feel when they're in positions where they have to defend themselves, right? So you already feel like you're facing an uphill climb. Then you're conflicted internally because it's like, I know you think that about me. And I know that because you think that about me, you think that you can dominate me and disrespect me and take advantage of me and be rude to me right. and cause harm to me. And that pisses me off. So now I have an, a chip on my shoulder. You know what I'm saying? And I'm taking anything that I perceive as disrespectful or whatever. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking the worst of everyone. I'm automatically on the defense. Um, it just presents you with such a complex set of circumstances that you have to do a lot of unlearning and a lot of therapy and a lot of educating yourself yeah. to simply learn how to exist as an adult in the world um, when you are honest and transparent about that part of your life. 
And I've always found it so unfair. These are very general, broad strokes that I'm making here mm -hmm. in our conversation, but whatever. I've always found it so unfair that you're automatically judged by your sexuality, and that is what you are defined by if someone is aware of it. It is literally, simply how I have sex. That's all That's it all is like for me. All. <laughs> That's it. Well, Fran, you and I are not friends because you know that I date men. You know what I'm saying? That's not what bonds us. You know what I'm saying? Asante, you and I both date men. Right. That's not why we get along. You right. know what I'm saying? But people see that first and see that only. And that is something that I have been in battle with all of my life. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I've always felt that I existed so far beyond that, but I've always been so fearful of that being what I am judged by and determined, my worth being determined by, and all of those things. It's so funny how, as your life progresses, you actually find the magic in that, and it really does become your gift. It really does become something that teaches you how to connect with people otherwise. So you get, uh, you advance, you jump to the, to the leaderboard a little bit when it comes to personality, engagement, things like that, because you have to figure out a way to find a common ground in spite of with everyone that you meet. And it's just the wildest experience I've ever had. Obviously, um, the three of us are aware of the controversy with Little Nas X and his video, his music video oh, yeah. from Montero, Call Me By Your Name right now. Had Satan trending for like three days. Satan trending Ooh. and Satan shoes. Shout out to April Rain, my friend who said, <laughs> uh, Satan shoes is trending or is it Satan's hoes? Either way, Lil Nas X won, <laughs> which was hilarious to me. But um, so we see this. And so I'm sure you both have been witness to the conversation that's going around. I'm not going to give yeah. that any gas because right. that's not what this is about. But I do think that it is of note. And I think that it's worth um, our time and conversation to point out the discrepancies and the differences that we see in the way that his art was received and the way that everyone else's art is similarly themed has been received. I saw a music video. First of all, like the tweet that we've all seen has said, there's an entire music group named Three Six Mafia. Okay, that is that is the name of the group. And I jammed to their music for years. You know what I mean? But some of the some of the same people who are celebrating that Oscar award win the 3-6 Mafia take issue with this. Y'all was just live tweeting Lovecraft Country. <laughs> <laughs> just live tweeting it. Okay? You love Coven. American Horror State Coven is your favorite season. Mm. You love it. We want more black witches. Y'all always yelling, you want more black witches, right. more black mm. witchcraft. More, more You always mm -hmm. want that. But when this particular video came out, now it's an issue. You want to talk about people, about it being wild to watch someone have a certain uh, school of thought right in front of your face. I saw some commentary on Fox News the other day oh, about boy. this little Nas X video. If you could have seen the way that they were, how passionately they, this white man was speaking about this video and the way that this woman was watching him speak and the things that they were saying and the way that they were just tearing little Nas, or excuse me, Nash, that's what they call them. Little Nash X. Not Nash. Nash. They don't even know it's Nas. Just they offbeat, even when they ain't dancing. But anyway, <laughs> just the venom with which they were speaking was incredible to me. So 
without going too deep into this and making this the focus of our conversation, excuse me, why am I so tongue-tied today? Listen, it's all so I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's up today, man. But without making that the focus of our conversation, do you guys think that the just fiery passion that people are speaking about this with as regards to Little Nas X and his video from Montero, do you both think that that is rooted in homophobia? Yes or no? You go first, Asante. I am a terrible person to go first with this conversation because I haven't really been looking at it just because it's doing everything it's supposed to do. Like this is what this for me was WAP all over again, where the conversation is growing beyond like the song and adding, you know, spins to it because here we are talking about Lil Nas X on like platforms that wouldn't normally talk about him. And mm-hmm. actually Lil Nas X has always been, one to take circumstance and rise above it. So this is just another, I don't want to say. Yeah, another, a barb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, this is literally just another thing for him to like overcome. Like, cause at the end of the day, like you're saying, like this whole conversation that we're having is rooted in homophobia. So it's like, they're doing all this talk on scene and all these other places, but what are you really talking about? So I think it's actually now that we're having this conversation and now that you've asked me this, let me just bring it all back. This is playing perfectly into the theme of Lil Nas X, which is something that I will enjoy watching as I look back on his career. So that's the thread that I want to pull on here, because I think that this like pushing of the agenda and homophobia in the media, it's all part of this, the the big plan to keep people scared, which I hate. Because people don't realize that that's why these young people are killing themselves because they're scared and they're confused when you're telling them that it's bad to be gay. But there's no reason that it's bad. So when young kids just hear that it's bad and they don't know the reason because they can't find it because all you're doing is making people scared of it. Because no one has it. (laughs) Because no one has it. Like, this is dumb. And so the fact that Lil Nas... uh, he dropped a he put up a post where he was like uh writing to like his 14 year old self you know about the, you know about this song i don't know if you guys saw it but he put up this post where he was like you know talking to a little young young version of himself and he was like um and i really feel bad i should pull it up but he was basically saying that people are going to hate you for this shit you know for being gay but you know fuck them people and so i like that that's his the theme of this and that's a big threat that people are missing so by everyone saying that he's worshiping satan and they're missing the bigger picture and i just love the fact that this is spinning around the control and it's being talked about in outlets that it shouldn't be discussed on because it's just adding but, to the threat the monster of him but why do you th- what do you think the difference is when you look at how much art is rooted in um the devil hell satan um fiery angels you know all of that stuff there's so much music and so much imagery that's rooted in that. What do you think, Asante, is the difference that is making this little Nas X video so sensational and so attention worthy for most people? Do you think that that is? Do you think that the difference with this project, this project, and the reaction that it's getting? Do you think that it's because it's a project by a gay, an openly gay man? So yeah. there's a so there's like a few things at play here too, right? The the big thing is religion. The, that's the whole problem here. Religion, and, and everybody knows everything I'm about to say, but this is just what it is. Like, religion is the big thing we're supposed to be scared of. I've watched anime, and there have been, you know, American movies where 
they show that the people, you know, the Christians and the people with the Bibles, that they're the real uh, demons and stuff. Like, they're the ones that come out with the guns forcing you because basically they say you either live by our religion or you die, which is basically how people are. Like, you know, either you're going to do what the good book says or you're going to hell. So, like, it's very... Uh, you really have to take a step out and look at like what's really going on. And I think that when people are watching this video and they see the devil because people are so religious and they just know that the devil is bad, that it's just going to keep pushing this conversation of uh, we can't mess with the devil because the devil is evil. But that is a lot of people haven't even read halfway through a Bible to even know what is bad and why and, and what it's all even birthed from. So I just watch all of this and I can't, like I, to answer your question, I can't even answer your question. I just can't make sense of it because it's so dumb to me. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to like give an informed. I'm, I'm really trying to give an informed uh, opinion and a thought. But I really hate the fact that these conversations happen. He's so young, so it's cool for him. I th- feel like because he's always been wants to take a hot take and really make people look at themselves. Because even when Old Town Road was out, I remember the conversation being you know, about this young black, this black boy in country music. And it should have been about, uh, you know, this young guy who is, you know, refreshing music, let alone the genre of country. And then he even brought, you know, Billy Ray back out of wherever the fuck he was outside of being Miley's dad. Like there are these missed conversations that happen because of these old themes that just continue to play. And so religion is just this big old theme that just continues to play out. And people, Whenever they choose to use it, they they run the risk of you know if if Cardi was twerking on Jesus that would, it'd be a whole nother conversation too you know what I'm saying just because it's it's religion but when him choosing the devil it I don't know why but it just always sends people literally in the red. I'm sorry I probably right. did not answer your question I, I I was really trying I was really trying but I keep thinking about everything happening within it I just hate it so Fran please. <laughs> I mean Lil Nas X put a tweet out where he stated pretty explicitly you guys have been telling us to go to hell for how long now <laughs> since I was born that's all I've heard so I've decided to do something with that concept put it into my imagery and take the power back you know and it's so interesting that they have spent lifetimes saying this to people who are homosexual and then now that he's like having fun with it, <laughs> they're like the audacity for you to not be broken <laughs> by how we choose to perceive you. You know, where he's here making money, living his dream, free, happy, and saying, fuck you and what you think of me. And whether I feel connected or not to the concept because i don't think that that even matters at the end of the day right, it's right it's what he's choosing to do with it you know what i mean and i i've found it fascinating to watch people's homophobia trickle out all throughout twitter for the past week in just the most shocking ways <laughs> and especially when and you can tell way. yeah especially when you can tell that the person is not aware at all that they even like, they're just not even aware of what they're saying. <laughs> I think that, so here's my thoughts, right, on the whole little Nas X situation. And I've kind of shied away from really talking about this because I'm not trying to get caught up in anybody's debate or battle. I don't <laughs> give a fuck what anybody thinks about the video, about right. him, about me. I don't care. <laughs> so I've just been avoiding the conversation, right? You. But here's my thoughts, right? 
So there's one thing, there's one perspective here where people are shocked by the literal shock value of seeing imagery of hell right. so in your face, right? right? And the devil, right? I get that that's stunning, literally, for some people, right? Yeah. I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. I have um, lots of information, you know what I mean, that has caused me to understand what hell is defined as, what the devil is, you know, all that shit. So it's not as shocking for me. Um, I think that that is something that makes people feel like they have to, like, make a choice. They have to have a definite opinion about that one way or the other because if they're passive about it, they consider it to be um, a statement almost, a personal statement that, you know, I'm okay with people not believing in God or being, you know, not being Christians or whatever. And they feel that they're going to be judged by that and defined by it. So they're vocal about it. They feel like they have to say something about this fucking video because it's about the devil. And I got to be clear that I am not okay with anything related to the devil. So that think that's what's fueling most people's um, vigor to just be vocal about this. Um, I think that when you add in the layer of him being an openly gay man, um, which people already were having a tough time with, remember, there was a huge conversation just around his outfit at the Grammys when he wore that pink custom Versace outfit. <laughs> right. um, and everybody was pissed the fuck off, like, you know, what does this mean? What does this represent? Blah, blah, blah. So there's two conversations here going on. And I think that the angle of spirituality and the angle of the devil and hell and being aligned and associated with all of those things. I think that a lot of people are using that as a platform to display their distaste for his openness with his sexuality anyway. Right. So I think a lot of the motherfuckers that wanted to talk shit about him being gay, but weren't doing it just yet have taken this as the perfect opportunity to now be vocal and upfront with those opinions that they've been holding secretly all along. I absolutely think that this discussion is rooted in that. Now uh, y'all already know I have trouble even watching the thriller video. Okay. So I don't fuck with all that spiritual shit. Not all that spiritual shit. Cause I do, but not that, not that kind of, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know how I am. Y'all know how I am. So the shit ain't for me. I don't play with demons. It ain't for me, you know what I'm saying. But that, but but I also am an artist. I'm a writer. I'm a I'm a, a creative being. So I understand the concept. I understand the artistic integrity of his project. I, I understand the messaging that he's trying right. to Where to create, which from. has which has nothing to do with wanting people to worship the devil. <laughs> right. Him worshiping the devil. Um, now the shoes and all that, I, that's the barb in him, you know, landed on the right. and, and, right. and trolling right. these people. Like, I know y'all going to talk shit. So now I'm really about to put it in your face. Right. But mm -hmm. all of those things is really separating. It's just dividing people as far as those who are gullible and easily swayed by whatever they are fearful of from those who can take a step back and like interpret this as what it is and, you know, receive it as such. And again, I think a lot of people are just using this as an excuse to kind of dust their homophobia off and put it up on the shelf. 
And that's just what I see it as. I think there's nothing wrong for this video. There's nothing wrong with rather this video not being for you or for someone specifically. Right, yeah. But that's a different conversation than saying that he's trying to do this and put this out because he's this not. This is a gay agenda. He's playing exactly, friend. <laughs> he's playing directly into the things that you are saying negatively about him and turning it into literally art. Art, yeah. That's what he's doing. Amen. Y'all said he's gay and he's going to burn in hell for it. So you know what he said? I'm going to make a music video about me being gay and being sent to hell. And but actually a enjoying it. Blast. Yeah, <laughs> actually enjoying it and making it lit since y'all think that's where I'm going anyway. Right. And I don't understand why that perspective is going over so many people's heads because it's clear and blatantly obvious to me. And that's why I think that some people's just determination to be vocal about this is rooted in something else. I don't give a fuck. You have your Christian values. You have your faith-based principles that keep you away from things that are in alignment with whatever. I get that. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because that is your choice. But this video ain't that. It is not an invitation to devil worship. It is not, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying, a, 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 a get, in, get one free in card for Satanism. You know what I'm saying? It's not that. <laughs> It is just literally him saying, y'all said I'm a burn in hell because I'm gay, so I'm going to make a video showing me having a good time while I do it. That's what he did. And the fact, I'm telling you, it just makes me think that a lot of people are less than smart. So Shout out to Big just Sean wanted for, to have, um, you know, commenting under Big Nas, uh, Big Nas, Lil Nas X Project, telling mm-hmm. him, you know, keep doing your thing. You well, know, what support. did he say? That's important because, you know, one of the things that yeah, I didn't that touch on, fly. I guess it wasn't part of the larger conversation anyway, but when, since we were talking about homophobia, you know, hip-hop is very homophobic. Music in general can be very homophobic, but hip-hop specifically can be very homophobic. So to see a rapper of all people, uh, you know, give him a pat on the back, I thought that that was dope because more rappers, especially uh, in this day, need to embrace the gay culture because there are a lot of gay rappers out there that are spitting, but that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to kind of pick you guys's brains um i kept being met with um instances of homophobia throughout this week wow and i thought that it was worthy of our time and conversation because it's it continues to show up in different spaces and i think that that is just an invitation saying hey y'all talk about me make this the subject of what you discuss because people need people talking about it so that's how we ended up here so thank you guys so much thank you that's gonna do it for this week's hot button no problem and no homophobia so that's gonna do it for this week's hot button issues hey hbcu fam get ready to turn up the energy mcdonald's and the thurgood marshall college fund have one million dollars in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them, but time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
Let's bring in the motherfucking wind chimes, friend. Time for the wellness segment. Let's do that. So like I mentioned in my partnership with Penguin Random House, um, it was a read-to-sleep campaign. I've been a part of it for the past couple of years. But this time, they showed me this study that I found really interesting where they said, all you need is six minutes of reading for your heart rate to begin to slow down Mm. and all the tension that you might be feeling in your muscles start to release and it helps reel you in mentally. Like all the thoughts, think about nighttime right before bed. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, that's usually when I'm thinking about everything. (laughs) Suddenly I'm thinking about sex. I'm thinking about every interaction, my to-do list, things I want. You know what I mean? My laundry, (laughs) something I should have said. Maybe I should have said it this way. Why didn't I say this at all? Like everything Mm. comes to Mm -hmm. play at night before bed. But the good thing about reading, you're so focused on this story that your brain is fully present on the storyline. And it's a great way to reel all those fragmented thoughts in kind of like a fishing rod. It's just like baits it and then brings it all in. So it's a really good, I was saying on IG stories, it's a really simple, practical, easily accessible wellness tip, which I always appreciate. And I wanted to kind of make it a challenge for those of us listening, even us hosts, <laughs> where I want to test that theory out that Penguin Random House said about just within six minutes of reading, you'll start feeling all those sensory calming benefits. So let's put it to the test. I want to see if when you are headed to sleep, especially if you find yourself having a hard time falling asleep, tell me what happens to your body after reading for six minutes. If I cut somebody out for six minutes straight, friend, <laughs> I doubt I'm going to get sleepy, okay? If I'm insulting someone for six minutes straight. <laughs> and obviously keep in mind what you're reading as well. Like, don't be reading no true crime or <laughs> right. something that'll get your energy and your blood flowing too heavy because that's going to defeat the purpose. Um, but if you are in need of some inspiration or if you're in need of some inspiration if you're looking for some inspo uh penguin random house actually has a read to sleep section you can just go to penguinrandomhouse.com they actually have a feel good fiction section an unwind and relax section motivation and inspiration short stories soothing narrators which is where they have a lot of celebrity guests and some books on dreaming of other worlds. So you can, yeah, it's a good thing. So you can kind of peruse their read to sleep section and see if there's anything that grabs your attention. Um, Those are for those of you who might not have books handy that will help you fall asleep at night. Um, So you can either go to penguinrandomhouse.com or the tracked link that has some of my personal faves you can go to http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash f-r-a-n-r-t-s. The R-T-S actually stands for read to sleep. So once again, that's bit dot ly slash f-r-a-n-r-t-s. So you can go there, see some of my personal faves and Penguin Random House's read to sleep section. And like I said, I'd love to test out this theory when people say, oh, you know, science journals say whatever. It's like, I agree. Sometimes they do. 
But the best way to know if it works is to make yourself the research. So let me know what you guys think. Thank you again for those of you who commented and supported the campaign. And I will be reading to sleep and testing out the six-minute theory and getting back to you guys. I'd love it if you guys tried it too, Asante and Dustin. I'm going to try. Right? It's just nice. It's a sensory experience. Just kind of like monitoring the changes in your body and seeing like, is this true? Is this really going to help me fall asleep? There's one girl that left the comment. She was like, child, I'll read the book front to back and not fall asleep. <laughs> That's my fear. I'm going to literally read the whole book and be like, well, damn. Cause yeah, I stay up. someone said I- that she was like, that does not work for me. But obviously everybody's brain works differently. Everyone's brain chemistry, everyone's body. So I think it's something that's worth trying, especially because all it takes is six minutes of your time. And then let's see. Let's report back. And if it's something that works, first of all, that's a a tool in our belt, uh, but also something that we can amplify and put on to other people in our lives who might be looking for some wellness tips because sleeping nowadays has not been the easiest thing. So no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. anything we can sleep don't come easy. Anything we can do to help each other out. So that's it for this week's wellness. Mr. Music Man, what you got for us this week? Well, for the Music Man (laughs) segment, I just really want to just see what y'all are listening to. Um, I mean, we could do like a quick little hot topics type thing, but I I mean, really, Lil Nas X was going to be something that I brought up, but we had a whole conversation on it, so I don't want to talk about it no more. Just because the video was so dope, so I thought that it would have been worth a mention, but it was definitely worth the discussion in a full form, which we had previously. So, um, I'm definitely going to want to just get to what you what y'all been listening to. So, Fred, I know you've been out on the West Coast, and I know you've been out there um, sunning and funning and stuff, so <laughs> what you been playing? You've been boomboxing? You've been AirPod? What you been playing? So, I actually have three to play today. We're going to start with a new discovery for me. There's an artist. I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. It's either Malaya or Malaya, but it's spelled M-A-L-A-Y-A. The song is called Me, right? And it's a project called Father's Law. And this is how it goes. That's very West Coast LA. So y'all know what I've been on. Um, So that's, once again, that's Malaya, Malaya, M-A-L-A-Y-A. The song is called Father's Law and it's off the project titled Me, right? With a question mark. 
Um, my <laughs> next, my next pick. Actually, I have to shout out Ayana, who is who goes by at Wow I Write on Twitter. She okay. is. Uh, she has a really cool company called Brainwash Media, and she posted a video, super cute video of of her singing along with a song and showing off this really dope ass makeup look. But the track, I was like, ooh. Oh, <laughs> what song that is? You know the youngins be putting me on. We, I was actually dancing with, with Crystal and Jade with this last night. <laughs> <laughs> we was like, look at the young kids putting us on. So the song is by Chase B. Ken the Man, who I've shouted out before yes. on this show. And OMB Bloodbath. These yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Remember this, song, up. this song is called For Me. And this is how it goes. told you about that song you before. never told me did you because play it ken on the, this song yes on because this... ken the man was on there i told you about that song before man i don't know the, what the happened because naive. this song goes so crazy we were blasting it last night <laughs> our old asses i can see y'all listen looking like uh remember when they was doing the hustle on waiting to exhale <laughs> in the movie <laughs> <laughs> And Jade had just cooked some tacos on the grill for us. Oh, I know they was Grilled good, Grilled some too. veggies and stuff. So we was jamming, and this is what we were playing. And then my third one. Oh, wait, let me repeat that for those who missed it. Chase B, OMB Bloodbath, and Ken the Man. And the song is called For Me. And then my third pick is by an artist named LAX. And it's an Afrobeat record, and it's called Go Low. And this is how it goes. Of genres and sounds. I like that. I like that. Those are that. my three. 
All right, Dustin, what you been listening to over there? I'm going to do a little something different today, and I'm going to pull some from the Instagram streets. Okay. Shout out to the insanely talented um, producer, iComplexity. There's an Instagram account, iComplexity, one of the best accounts to follow on Instagram. Do you hear me, y'all? Because I'm giving you the game. And if you don't believe me, listen to this latest mashup that he just put up that is from Little Shop of Horrors, okay? So it's from the beginning (laughs) when they were singing Uptown against the beat from Mint Condition, Pretty Brown Eyes. Shout out to iComplexity. Here we go. <laughs> that shit hard. That's tight. Oh, yeah. nobody say that shit hard. All right. <laughs> Last thing, I want to go play one more song. Shout out to that boy Miguel, um, hey. who posted finally released the art dealer chic, art dealer chic, excuse me, mixtapes volumes one, two, and three onto all the streaming platforms. Wow. If you don't recall. You remember, Real Miguel fans know, Hell back when Adorn yeah. first came out, it was a part of that trio, that uh, boutique mixtape collective that he released. Come on, so, boutique mixtape collection. Uh, that's what it is. And so there's a song on part one that I have not heard in so long. It is That I Do by Miguel, and it's the uh-huh. FTRMX remix. Here we go. Baby, I can't Touching every base Till we reach my place And we're all alone That's like that. That shit sound sound like if Marvin Gaye made new music. That's what it would sound like. <laughs> like if Marvin Gaye was making music now, that's what it sound like. Now that's it. I ain't got nothing else to play. Asante, it's on you. Oh, um. So I want to firstly shout out Audio Mac. I follow them on social media, and it would just look way too coincidental if I shouted out an artist that I saw come up on their Twitter that I've been listening to. So I just decided to shout them out as a whole because there was a couple artists on there. I was like, oh, okay. So check out their Twitter if you ever want to go find some new, new music. But uh, they also showcase some of the people that you're familiar with. But in case there's some people you ain't familiar with, Audio Mac got that. But I feel like I'm the real Audio Mac, so that's what I followed. Um, with that said, <laughs> there was a couple There were a, a couple rappers on there that I had to shout out on here. The first one I want to shout out is Rimble. Um, because last week I talked about Draco the Ruler, and there's a song with Rimble and Draco Rimble that's R E M B. L E Rimble and Draco the I Ruler. I thought you said Red Bull. I was like, they making music. They yeah, that's why I was like, let me spell this out. Turn you up. 
Sound a little country. Um, but this is called Roots Chris uh, Freestyle. Roots Chris Freestyle. This is. I, oh, I might. I think I would like this. <laughs> well, Dustin, you said you might. Oh, hold on. It's it's gonna play on my iMac. Let me close this. I like Roots Chris, you know. And you I like, like what Roots Chris represents to to niggas. <laughs> Because they think that you know that's that's doing it up. So then, I like that. Then anyway. you already know what's about to happen. So here we go. I'm with it. Roofs Chris after the homies dropping new op, new sticks for you if you wanna pop off. I got a Ruger nigga weighing from the boobah. If I see an enemy, then it's a shootout. You can throw your best punch, but it's best you don't. You pull up looking for trouble, you get what you want. I know some niggas that will, but I know you won't. I know some niggas that kill, but I know you don't. I used to be in the field like I was Chris Jones. I could bust up your life, but it'll take a second. I could put you on shit that you ain't been on. I could put you on whips that you ain't been in. I could take you on rides you couldn't get on. I was always the eye when I didn't fit in. Now all the niggas that bled me, I'm finna shit on. If I told you anything, just know I really meant it. I wanna rap about passing, but it's just been a minute. I want to rap about nah, cause I ain't really did it. I tried to tell you my story, but you ain't So, I w- that was Rimble. Um, that's the Roots Chris Freestyle. That was just a little snippet. I knew I was going to like it. You you did. You did. You knew. You I knew told you. I knew. I had, baby, baby, I had the feeling. <laughs> I had the feeling. <laughs> you absolutely had the feeling. And you, the feeling. Baby, 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 baby. I got the feeling. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On the thousands of days. Asante, 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 Asante. I'm almost done. I, I promise. I had that feeling. I promise. Um. This artist, her name is Dochi. Uh, this is also somebody else that was listed on Audio Mac. They put out a list of 10 rappers you need to know right now uh, for March what her 2021. Name is? Her name is Dochi. It's, D- it's spelled. She used to be in a group. Dochi and Gabbana. <laughs> she was in a duo. <laughs> I love how Sanjay can't even do. <laughs> So this is Dochi. Um, you spell it D O E C H I I. But uh, on social media, or actually, her on SoundCloud and Spotify, I believe her name is I Am Dochi. But this song is called Yucky Blucky Fruitcake. That's why I just waited because Dustin, there's a lot of material here for his ass. So I was just like, wow, do I really want to do this to myself? Do I want to wait? Um, it's a Christmas song. It's a it's a song. It's a very okay. long song, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But I'm playing a part of the song because when you first put, when you first listen to the song, it's going to sound different than the part that I'm going to play for you. So this again is her name is Dochi. I I am Dochi. I A M I A M D O E C H I I. Go look for her. She's got visuals. Um, this is one of a few songs that are out from her. But this is uh, the middle of Yucky Blucky Fruitcake. Barbara was my idol. 
shadow and my attitude to every dance recital in my black tailor chucks the ones that laced up to my thighs lisa frank lipstick on my eyes weird girl activity black bitch nativity spy girl erotica bucket hat from nautica clip throbbing ice start sobbing watching narnia I've been winning trophies since Fear Factor. I was earning medals the same grade you basic bitches learned. She was on Fear Factor. You know, she said that, and when I just heard that, I was like, oh, damn. I don't know. But um again that was that was Dochi. Um that's yucky blucky fruitcake. When you first uh listen to the song, it's uh, more high energy and just uh crazy. But then it just has that little chill moment there. So the chill moment is what really got me. I like when the artist shows a little bit of versatility on one of the first tracks I'm hearing from them. So those were the two artists that I got from Audio Mac. Uh, this artist I actually just listened to on Spotify. I don't know if it was in one of those like favorite playlists or what. But this is the P D A dash P and Mick Jenkins. This song is called Lemonade. I like Mick Jenkins. A lot of people like it, Minimay. I'ma take my country time, my time not wasted, cause it's been, I spent some ages on this pen, that's why shit penetrate. Plenty pages with my sins in them, on stages with my friends in them, new spaces, faces, intentions, I'm cautious. Gum disease, very life flossing. Bumblebees, we moving pollen. Burning gas, I be exhausted. Wondering who you exalting with all of that shit you be talking, you don't even walk it the same no more. So that was just a little snippet of lemonade. Uh it's a it's a vibe. I was vibing. So that was again yeah, that lemonade was infused. <laughs> okay. You know it was. He's gonna take his country time. Uh that was lemonade. again D A P I guess is the pronunciation with Mick Jenkins, uh Lemonade. And that's it here for a Music Man segment. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Now I would like to turn it on over to you, Dustin Ross. What have you been watching over there on TV land? Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Jen Shah of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was arrested, dog, today. Her and her assistant was arrested and arraigned. Um, there's a lots of charges that are fraud related, wow. um, and it's a really serious thing. It's a for real thing, okay? Mm. So prayers up for Jen Shah, her family, the coach, the sons, all that shit. Her clothing, the chalet, the Shah chalet. <laughs> you know, we we raising it, we lifting it all up in prayer. That okay? assistant we, we were confused about. Baby, well, I guess <laughs> I tell you who wasn't confused: mm. the F, the B, and the I. Okay. <laughs> So, 
you know, there's some real New Housewives uh, drama for you. Wow. They're currently filming their second season. So I am sure this will be reflected in what the cameras are catching right now. And I hate to say this because it just seems so inhumane and it lacks fellow feelings. So that's why I wanted to put the prayers out first. But I can't wait to watch this shit play out on the se- on the uh, second season. That's and I, I can't wait to see because Jen Shah, she really, you know, um, put her foot on the ass cheeks of a couple of women on that show mm-hmm. this season, you know, theoretically. And uh, that tweet you retweeted see. where she said Teresa, <laughs> Teresa. Uh, walked so I could run, and you <laughs> tweeted, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. I said, Damn, she probably didn't even realize, or maybe she did, and just was like, You know what? <laughs> You know, but she literally tweeted. She got arraigned and arrested today, and she literally tweeted, like, in 2020, Teresa, she's referencing Teresa Judice, who we all know famously went to jail from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And she tweeted, Teresa walked so I could run. (laughs) Because someone had um, posted a clip of Jen Shah, like, flipping out in a restaurant, trying to flip a table over or whatever. And they said that she was, you know, imitating Teresa Jadice. And so it's just so funny how, you know, them words mean, Crystal, nigga, you said words mean things. And in this case, they sure did. <laughs> so with that being said, I also want to switch on over to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let's mm. just, let's not even talk about what's going on. Let's just talk about what's going on in totality with the show right now, right? So not just what's being played out on the cameras. We do know that they recently, as in last Thursday, less than a week ago, they filmed the season 13 reunion. They actually filmed it in New Jersey. Um, The ladies from Atlanta flew up, filmed the reunion in New Jersey. It was themed to dungeon-esque, like Candy's Dungeon. So I know the ladies are all in black, dungeon-esque, sexy vamp, you know, like gowns. Um, The set is like red and black and gray and lacy looking and sexy. So everything is themed to the dungeon. Because remember, one of the biggest plot points of this season, of season 13, was the bachelorette party that Candy Burris threw for Cynthia Bailey, my girl, when they were in (laughs) South Carolina. That is themed to the dungeon. So they're carrying that theme over into the reunion. Lots and lots of reports floating around about what can we expect at the reunion. Um, one of the biggest conflicts that will be hashed out, a.k.a. the two people who was really letting each other have it on the stage were, of course, Portia Williams and Kenya Moore. Legendary feud that's lasted for years. They made up for a hot second, hot. and now it's all back in the dumps again. Also, Portia Williams versus Marlo Hampton. They've had a shift. If you're watching the show, you're seeing that play out now in the episode that aired last Sunday. There's been a shift in their friendship because now that Porsche, that uh, Marlo Hampton and Kenya Moore have reconciled, Portia Williams is a bit indifferent toward that, um, and it is creating a rift in their friendship, which has manifested into some great arguments, or so I hear, at the reunion this season. Um, Latoya Ali, um, a.k.a. Latoya Forever, um, who has single-handedly stirred Filled the pot, stirred the pot, poured it out, poured more shit back in it, stirred it up again, uh, 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 tossed it, sautéed it. She's done everything you can think of to the pot as far as gossip and and rumors and sensationalism on this show is concerned. Um, And so she's got a lot to answer for at this reunion. There are a lot of people that are going to have a lot to say about her. So it's going to make for an interesting show. Um, The ladies always look so beautiful in the reunion space, all of them. And this season, we can look forward to seeing Cynthia Bailey, Candy Burris, Kenya Moore, Portia Williams, um, um, Drew Sedora, Latoya Ali, Shamia Morton, 
Um, is anyone else going to be? Oh, and Marlo Hampton. They'll all be at the reunion wow. this season. So we can look forward to that. Jam-packed. Real Housewives of Potomac is currently filming. Yes, Fran. Um, the Real Housewives of Potomac is currently filming season six. They're away this weekend at a girl's trip somewhere. It looked like a cabin or something. I don't know. But um, it's already some shit going on. There's a new woman named Mia who's on the show who's got a rich-ass husband and a beautiful young family, and apparently she ain't taking no shit um, from Giselle and them already. Um, follow the Peach Report daily on Twitter and Instagram for, for verifiable updates um, and real-time hints as far as what's going on. It's just a lot going on. You guys a lot to pay attention to right now. Um, and that's it for this week's TV Land segment. And that means that's it for this week's episode. As always, we love you guys so much. Thank oh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry because I hate to. <laughs> I know. I know you was. I know you was rolling and you had your shit. And I'm so sorry no, for go real. Ahead. But one more thing. <laughs> Bell Collective on oh, Own Network. Yeah. Part two of the reunion, the second part, the closing uh, episode of the reunion, and the the in essence the season wrap episode aired. Doctor Antoinette from Michigan, from Saginaw, mm-hmm. did what the fuck she had to do on the reunion stage, and I loved it. She made up for everybody that called her boring during the season or whatever. She made up for it on their reunion stage. As much as I hate to say it, Kaylin. Mm-hmm did what she had to do on that reunion stage. Mm-hmm. I am still absolutely team Latrice, Antoinette, really them too, and Kaylin by default based on the reunion because she just owned her shit and kind of stood in it. And I, you know, real recognized real. So I was like, I, 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 you know. <laughs> but it was good. Marie and Essie, I definitely believe that they have an intimate relationship. Marie was uh, shifty. Her eyes were moving around her. She was fidgety, kept adjusting in her seat every time that the questions were asked pertaining to that. When Essie was answering the questions and lying, sitting up there lying in that red jumpsuit with that one arm out, lying, uh, <laughs> talking about, you know, when they asked her if she had stronger feelings for Marie and she said, I, no, I have a husband. <laughs> That's not what they asked you, ma'am. And you know what, he, what she asked you. Also, Egypt, pick up your feelings. That's who Jasmine Sullivan was talking to. Egypt Sherrod hosted their reunion, and she was way too opinionated, way too biased, way too passionate. Ooh. She was actually rude to some of those ladies. And I love Egypt. I think she's a very, very talented and credentialed television host, and I enjoy her and on everything that she does. OG. So this is by, by no means disrespect or an attack against her. But I just felt that she was way too strongly opinionated mm. and way too did. She walked off the set and told them that they had to be quiet for her to come back. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it was and she was literally like telling people that their behavior was wrong. And it was just wild to me because when you're in that space, you cannot be as opinionated I am as I am on this show. It's appropriate because that's what this space is for. Right. When you're it's hosting your a reunion. And you're, yeah. Yeah. When you're in conversation with these ladies discussing what happened, you have to encourage them to be as honest as you can in that moment. Right. But you're not supposed to have an opinion and on be that. More objective. And her walking. Yeah. Her walking off. It was just wild to see. So people out there who watched it, Tweet us and let us know what you thought about the Bell Collective season two reunion or season one reunion part two. Um, I absolutely believe that they'll be back for a second season. Well deserved. Great show. Great production by Carlos King. Great job, Egypt. I just thought that you were just doing literally lay most. <laughs> and with that being said, now friend, roll it one more time. With that being said, <laughs> we love you guys. I'm looking around. I'm like, 
We love you guys so much. We thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.